Here is a question that I received, and I know that I used to feel this way. I can remember these emotions painfully as a kid. When you just feel like you freeze up in a conversation, you don't know what to say. And I don't want to say that it will never happen again, or I haven't had it recently, but it happened a lot more in my childhood. So here's the question from Christopher. Dr. Kenner, can you recommend a program or book that would help me to deal better with intense, especially painful emotional situations? When I'm confronted with these kinds of situations, whether it's a person crying because of a problem or someone discussing a traumatic part of their lives, I find I freeze up and I don't have the words or skills to deal with the situation in a way that allows me to move forward with my or our goals while properly acknowledging the significance of the other person's emotions and experiences. Let me know if you have any recommendations. Thanks, Christopher. Well, I will give you recommendations in a moment, Christopher, but first, you want to ask yourself the question, what can make anyone's mind freeze in that type of a situation or in any situation? And typically, you'll find the answer is, I have to say the right thing. We've tried to force our minds into this duty mindset. It's got to be right, and I should do it right. The shoulds, the ought to, I got to. You know when you were a kid and you, your mother said, you have to write grandma a thank you note. You have to write Aunt Tilly a thank you note. Those force thank you notes. When we try to force our own minds, many times our minds just go blank because we're not powered by values, but we're powered by duty, fear, guilt. And another thing that happens is we get anxious. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I say something stupid? You know, this person's telling me the most personal part of their life. What if I goof up? What if they reject me? We could have some fear there. What if they get angry with me that I don't really get them? And, you know, Sometimes you want to ask who's in the room, who got angry with me in the past when they shared some private information or some very emotional, important information and I didn't respond right. Sometimes there's a rich history to that and it might have only been one experience that made you feel like, oh, I'm not going there again. I don't want to feel those awful feelings again. So you put the pressure on yourself. You also can look at something called core ideas. When you think about, I should respond in these situations, I need to know what to say when people are feeling very emotional, you can ask yourself a few questions. Uh, what will that mean about me if I'm not able to respond? Maybe it's a self-esteem issue, or maybe it's just a lack of skills. It, you also might think, what about my relationship with others? If I'm not able to hear people's most emotional experiences, what does that mean about my ability to connect with people and to have, let's say, a romantic relationship or very good friendships? And what does it mean about my chances for success in the future? You know, if I'm blowing it and what if I'm on the job and somebody tells me the difficulty they're having at, in their business and I just sit there and I freeze up, that's not good. So again, I think that all stems from a duty mindset. And of course, all of the negative thoughts that any of us have can open up a door and say, hey, I'm having one negative thought about myself, come join the party, and all the other negative thoughts from your past can come flooding in. So how do you deal with that? Uh, first, you want to relax. You don't want to make every one of these situations as if they're a test of your own self-esteem. Am I okay? Uh, so you want to take your mind off of yourself and instead, don't put any pressure on yourself. Run an experiment. 
That's a cognitive therapy technique where you just say, I'm going to see if I can experience this person's crying differently. I am just going to stay with them. I'm just going to listen and uh, just see what's going on. So the first skill is just listening without any pressure to say anything. And as you listen to their story, you can picture what they're saying. You know, I was so sad, my cat died, and I miss my cat dearly. And maybe you hate cats, so you're having a very different response. You might not, you might freeze up because of that. But let's say you, you are fond of this person's cats, and they're saying, my cat died. And you're saying, oh, that must be sad. And you're, you're not saying it. You're just thinking it. Oh, that must be sad. Guess what? That's all you need to say to them. You can. There are listening skills where you can say, sounds like you're, you're sad. And they'll say, yeah, I am. It just gives any of us permission to go on when someone names the emotion that we're experience, experiencing. You can learn listening skills. And then you can also train your mind. It's This is all skill building. You can train your mind to identify the names of emotions. You sound irritated. You sound frustrated. You sound annoyed. You sound happy. You sound uh, excited. You There's a wealth of emotions. And you can train yourself when you're watching TV to say, oh, what is that character portraying? What emotion? Anger. Okay, well, it's not it's not like strong anger. It's more like annoyance. So you fine-tune your own ability to get a vocabulary for emotions. You That must have been scary or you sounded worried. There are skills that you can learn. Now you ask for books. So I'm going to give you a kind of surprising book of how you can not freeze up in situations that are where someone's expressing some strong emotions. Number one, you don't want to put pressure on yourself. Number two is you want an emotional vocabulary and listening skills and asserting yourself too. Um, but the books, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. That is my all-time favorite communication book, even if you don't have kids and are never planning on having kids. This book teaches fundamental communication skills with little tykes but the principles apply to adults too. That's what I love about this book. I once taught this book at a hospital, to uh, a psychiatric hospital, to elderly men who didn't have kids around anymore. And they all said, oh my God, I can use these skills with my wife or my kids, or not my kids, but they, uh, and the other book is Mind Over Mood. And also my book that I wrote with Dr. Ed Locke, The Selfish Path to Romance. We have a whole chapter on communicating uh, that would help you out. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. When I entered my marriage, I left my true self at the door. Now I don't even know who I am anymore. My girlfriend doesn't want to make anyone mad. I never know how she truly feels. And I'm clueless when it comes to pleasing her sexually. She won't express what she likes. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget. 
I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the self-valuing, self-nurturing way to romance. You never want to lose yourself in a relationship. You want to create a win-win partnership to value your own and each other's goals and dreams. Discovering how to be true to yourself in a romantic partnership is learnable and key to romantic happiness. Check out our book with its daring title, The Selfish Path to Romance, at Amazon or SelfishRomance.com.